thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hello, lovely listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And don't forget to follow us on social media. I am uh, drandrea.xo on Instagram, The Period Whisperer on Facebook. You can find Ash at Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Um, And ladies, please make sure you have um, rated and reviewed us on iTunes um, or, you know, whatever medium it is that you're listening to this and make sure that you've also hit subscribe. it's good to see you, Ash. Yes, you too. And so tonight's episode's kind of funny because somehow you and I simultaneously both got COVID. <laughs> we haven't even seen each other. At the same time. I know. We haven't seen each other for so long. Or um, not over anything other than just cameras. So it's like it's not possible that we gave it to each other. But um, at the same time, very uncanny that we should both like literally a day apart be like oh hey i've got covid what i do too <laughs> i know um hilarious and also i think very naively i thought that i was probably already immune mm. i was i i and I think that we had this conversation as well, Ash. I was like, you know, I think I've probably had it. You know, the amount of people that we're in contact with, um, the amount of, you know, patients we see and the people that we're, we're in quite close quarters with, you know, everybody who, you know, will see someone one day, they test positive the next day, you know. So obviously we've had that exposure. Um, I adjusted some friends when they had COVID unknowingly and, you know, so I just assumed that I was just, 
you know, immune. I already had antibodies and I would not get it at all and would not be symptomatic at all. Um, but lo and behold, that was not the case. <laughs> I know so, it's funny because we were sort of laughing and smiling and starting to chat about what is a very serious topic for most people. Um, yes. And we're not <clears throat> being too jovial about it. It's just that we are through the worst of it and we're on the recovery. So I think we can look back with a bit of retrospect and be like, cool, you know, we got through it. So I guess this is not an episode to downplay the severity of uh, COVID or symptoms that come along with COVID and long COVID. But I guess tonight we want to just share our stories that might help uh, dispel any, you know, myths that, you know, you see going around. Um, bit, bit real about what it was like, you know, the comfort points, the discomfort points. Um, yeah. Some of the strategies we both took, interestingly, independently. We didn't kind of yeah. counsel each other on it. We just took approaches that we well researched. We had them mm. kind of say armed and ready to go. Like I wasn't waiting to catch COVID unexpectedly. I was like, Correct. cool. We had everything lined up. We knew that if I showed any signs or anyone in our house showed any signs, we're going to start with A, B, C, D, E, F, G yeah. and, and just kind of like wait and watch because what else can you do right in the beginning anyway? It's really just watching yeah. to see how each person um, responds to it. And I'm in a family of four, you know, with a, a baby of seven months, a, a five-year-old, myself and my husband. So we all responded differently, which is really interesting. Yeah. I'm sure you've had a different experience to us. Why don't you just tell us how was it for you? Because COVID is pretty scary for most people. The idea of catching it or getting it, I, you know, listening at the school playground, Mums are still really, really anxious about getting it, bringing it into the house, you know, sharing it with um, maybe elderly parents, things like that. There's still really, um, I guess there's a lot of anxiety around it. Yeah. And um, Ash, that's so interesting because I was kind of, uh, and look, again, this might sound a little bit naive, but I was kind of excited. I was just, I'm just wondering how my body would respond mm. um, because obviously I've seen so many patients who've had it and I've seen, um, you know, what the natural history of COVID has been for them. Um, so I, feel, I felt like I had a fairly good understanding of it. And as soon as I noticed that I started to get symptoms, I went, um, this is before I had a positive test. I went to the practice and I got my thermometer, um, you know, my blood pressure uh, machine. I got, you know, everything so I could have it at home so I could actually like keep a closer eye on, you know, what exactly my symptoms were in real time and also stocked up on a, on a bunch of stuff that I took along the way. And, um, I definitely noticed that my energy levels weren't as good as what they are normally. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm just finding something. And just because of being in practice at the moment, we're doing, um, you know, rapid antigen tests every few days anyway, just, um, you know, even if we're asymptomatic. And so I didn't test positive at all until um, Sunday. And then I had um, a very faint second line and Dean was at work and I, um, just let him know that, that that was what was going on. Um, and he's like, even if it's a faint second line, that's a positive test. So um, I started just tracking my temperatures and um, that was really interesting to see what was going on there. And even though it went up to like 40 degrees, I still felt fine. So like I felt um, quite lethargic and, you know, started to get like strong body aches, like that real viral sort of um, body ache that, that really slows you down. But um, I wasn't concerned about my 
my fever because I still felt absolutely fine. Um, I wasn't, you know, shaky, didn't have chills, wasn't hallucinating or anything like that. I was still able to keep fluids down. Um, so I didn't feel the need to take anything to actually affect the fever. And I just thought, okay, no, this is good. This is, um, you know, my body obviously, um, working well to fight this virus. Um, and then, I made this huge chicken soup with like every immune boosting food you can imagine in there. And it took me ages and it took all of my energy. And I thought that was probably a good idea, but at the same time, not a good idea (laughs) Um, because I'm really bad at being sick and I'm really bad at um, resting and really terrible at like slowing down and actually admitting that, oh, you know, I'm unwell and that I, you know, maybe need help. So Dean got home from work and I have, you know, prepared this huge like chicken soup and I'd clean the house and I'd done all these things and he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, and so anyway, um, that was day one. The next day for me was probably the worst, just with fevers got quite high, um, and just really, really strong body aches. And, you know, I didn't have an appetite or anything like that. So, which wasn't a concern because obviously my body was wanting to focus more on optimizing my immune function rather than focusing energy and attention on digestion. So I just drank lots and lots of water, um, I can tell you what my sort of supplementation regime was like if you want, Ash. So yeah, share it for everyone. I think it's really interesting because we're all we we might have some things that cross over. We might have mm. things that are different. Um, just to get people an idea that there's really no hard and fast rule. It's just about finding things that work for you. Yeah, absolutely. And what I know that my body normally responds to very favorably when I have had viruses in the past. So. Um, I knew uh, or I've looked into a lot of research around things that are supportive if you do have COVID. So I took high-dose vitamin C of probably six to 8,000 milligrams a day, um, probably at least, um, and I wasn't at the point of, um, you know, bowel tolerance at that point. Like that was still quite comfortable to take that amount, so I could have gone a lot higher. I would have even had an uh, IV infusion if I could get someone to come out to me but of course that wouldn't have had happened because I had COVID <laughs> so um, I would have done at least 10,000 international units of vitamin D and K2 um, so I did that because even though my vitamin D levels are excellent um, I know that it, the higher the vitamin D levels the more protective effect it has against serious um, COVID symptoms and long COVID as well so I took lots and lots of vitamin D and K2 um, I took uh, zinc at about 60 milligrams a day um, I also did quercetin um, uh, that's really quite evidence-based for supporting the symptoms around COVID um, and helping to support the immune system with that. And I um, took quite a high dose of um, quercetin, probably above and beyond what was necessary, Um, but I was probably doing about 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams a day of that. Um, And I was also doing some mushroom, liquid mushroom formula, like just a liquid herbal um, concoction, which I always respond really, really well to. Um, So I was doing that. I was drinking lots and lots of water. And by day sort of three or sort of two and a half, three, I felt pretty good. Um, like I was tired and have, um, a whole lot of an appetite. Um, and I think I started working again, not seeing people physically. Um, but I think I started 
um, doing consults with patients, like telehealth consults by the Wednesday. So what's that, like three or four days, which is probably a bit silly because I got through my first one and went, oh, my goodness, this that was a struggle. But I had like, I don't know, 10 or 15 more to go. So there was no backing down. Oh, um, and a lot of people mention things like brain fog and just feeling really, yeah. you know, out of focus while they're yeah. experiencing it. And I had like an hour break between sort of, and like telehealth consults are a much longer appointments than just our regular sort of adjustment. So it's a lot of talking. Um, and I had an hour break between sort of the morning and the afternoon. I had to go and sleep like just for that hour. And I just thought, okay, this was actually stupid. I should have rescheduled these people, but I didn't. Um, and so I you know, it took everything out of me to give them what they needed. And then I saw patients the Wednesday, Thursday and Friday um, still, which was totally stupid and I really shouldn't have done that. But um, that is my lesson for, you know, knowing that I am not very good at resting. I'm not very good at being sick. And I also baked Dean a cake during that time as well. So um, obviously Dean was isolating with me and then he tested positive, I think, a day or two later. Um, And, you know, fortunately with um, his job as a paramedic, he gets like three weeks of COVID leave. So, um, Well, if you're baking, there must have definitely been something wrong with you. Right? (laughs) I think I was bored. I think I was like, okay, I need to need to do something. And I think, um, yeah, I did like an online like grocery order that was delivered, and then I cooked him this cake, and he was like floored. Um, so, so yeah, he'll just exactly. give you COVID every time he feels like a cake. Then hilarious. <laughs> I still can't believe I did that. I think he was like pretty floored by that too. He's like, yeah, you must not be feeling okay if you're like baking. <laughs> um, oh, uh, and then. Yeah, so I did my seven days of isolation. Um, I went back to the gym on Tuesday, went back to work seeing patients in the practice on Tuesday. Um, and, like, I feel pretty good now. Like, I don't I don't feel like I've got brain fog. I don't feel like my energy levels are compromised or anything like that. Um, the only thing I have now is if I talk too much, I feel a bit raspy in my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a cough at all. Um, Just my worst symptoms were just the body aches first couple of days. And then by about day five, I got really severe low back pain and sciatica. Mm. Like, and I've never had anything like that before. And a lot of people were sort of describing to me that, you know, that neurological um, inflammation is part of the um, natural history or the course of, and and that symptom picture around COVID. Um, So it sure certainly gave me a lot more empathy for some of my patients who experienced those sorts of things because that was agonizing um, and that affected my sleep and a few other things. Um, I also, speaking of sleep, I also took melatonin um, just to make sure that I was really sleeping soundly and it also has antiviral properties as well. And there is some evidence that shows that it is protective against long COVID. Mm. Um, So, um, yeah, I've never actually taken melatonin before because I was concerned about symptoms of drowsiness the next day um but it was actually amazing and i didn't have any of that so that was good mm, good oh, i'm so glad to hear you when i say bounce through it i mean from everything we know based on the grading of covid both you and i had what they would call mild symptoms you know so when yeah. you think about it as uncomfortable as it has been for us the the reality is it's still mild because you know firsthand mm. someone who has not had mild symptoms mm. and uh yeah. unfortunately her experience is completely different to to what you've just described 
Yeah, unfortunately, um, someone that we know has been hospitalised with COVID um, or is a maybe a complication of COVID, I should say, maybe, um, who has had um, myocarditis um, because of it and is really, really unwell and they're still in hospital. Um, they will be absolutely fine and um, it doesn't look like there's going to be any residual um, cardiovascular damage or anything like that and they're otherwise incredibly fit and healthy. But... Um, it was quite shocking that, and again, probably with my arrogance and naivety, that the strains of COVID that have been going around, um, that people have been having more often than not mild symptoms. And I mm. was not aware of anyone who had been hospitalised at all or had even what I would consider to be severe symptoms. Yeah. Um, and Dean and I chat about this all the time because, you know, him as a paramedic, he's picking up COVID patients every single day and he was, and plus they get a report each day of how many hospitalised and how many are in ICU and the numbers are so, so low. Um, so for a young, fit and healthy person, I was quite surprised um, that that was the case. Yeah, and I think that's that's the uh, uncertain nature of it. It's been all along that people are feeling anxious because no one's really sure about what it could look like for them mm -hmm. in their personal experience because um, you can feel young, healthy and fit, but it could rock you really hard. And then um, other people I know have been in their 80s and had nothing more than a sniffle and got a positive test and they were like, yeah. is that all? It's kind of this really sort of complex picture of who's going to get it worse than someone else. Um, you know, household experience was uncomfortable, but not, not terrible. Obviously mm -hmm. for all the mums out there, uh, I know there's definitely heightened anxiety when you've got young children, because part of you, you know, really hopes it doesn't land you in hospital with a child, you know, with respiratory concerns, cause it's mm -hmm. just your grave fear as a parent. It's just something that, you know, is outside your scope of control and there's not a lot you can do. Um, so. Yeah. And Ash, I was, I definitely was feeling for you because, it's one thing to, you know, have a virus or have COVID or have the flu or something like that and you're feeling crappy. But when you still have to look after two littlies mm. whilst and, – and you're breastfeeding as well, I really thought, okay, how is this going to go? Like that sound – I couldn't imagine anything more challenging than that. Yeah, it's it's nice of you to say that. I think it is challenging, but I think, you know, as any mum would know, you'd do anything for your children, so you'll just get through it, you know, and you might look at it on the other side and be like, oh, my God, that, was, that wasn't fun. So we started in our house, um, my husband – tested first positive um, mm -hmm. and we kind of knew he just was a bit off he'd felt fatigued um, and a bit of a scratchy sort of sore throat and then I was next with Ella so our baby girl um, and she had fever so we had um, quite a high fever just below 40 in the night so you know mm -hmm. I was up really often just changing, you know, wet cloths, keeping it cool, um, breastfeeding her a few more times in the night time, mm -hmm. just picking her up and just putting her to boob because I just, she just innately wanted to, you know, if she was really tired and I picked her up and put her there, she wouldn't do anything. But yeah. this was like her innate system working, just being like, cool, there's more on offer. I need that right now. And she was just, uh, you know, obviously feeding more. A little tricky as a parent when you're, desperately just needing sleep to recover but the thing you can't get is that is the sleep yeah. and that was the one thing that I was a bit worried I thought oh if I'm going to be a candidate for getting a, a heavier um, experience here it'll just be because I, I'm just not sleeping enough I'm just not getting enough coupled sleep hours you know back to back to yeah. possibly put my immune system uh, in a better 
bad spot to deal with what I had to deal with. So um, I had, you know, nights where it's cold, hot versions. So sometimes cold, sometimes hot, really weird, wacky dreams, like super oh. lucid, bizarre <laughs> <laughs> almost like tripping out kind of dreams. Wow. So, so or Dean weird. swears he saw a ghost um, oh. in in the second his second night of COVID. Oh, yeah, I'd he saw, saw a woman walk through our bedroom. Super yeah. wacky, super <laughs> wacky. Because one of my dreams was like I really I had to wake myself up to know that I was really sleeping. Like that it was it was so weird. I was like mm. I f- it was so real that I felt like it was my actual experience. I'm like. But I knew I couldn't. But, do you know it was, it's, yeah. it was weird? I haven't had that very often in my life, so it was a bit like, whoa. Um, and like you, the body pains were next level. Um, yeah. I'm not a person who experiences pain, and I can tell you my labour was less painful than the aches of my hips and my back. Like whoa. it was crazy discomfort. Um, I hate using the word pain because it almost connects this negative thing to it, but it was just seriously uncomfortable um, to the point that I couldn't lie down. I had to go, you know, lie in the hallway, stretch, roll. But the funniest thing is the stretching, the rolling couldn't touch it. No. (laughs) It's like you feel like this deep, heavy muscle cramp pain and normally sticking a a trigger point ball in your glute, it kind of gets rid of like it's the pain. It's a good pain. It feels like, oh, thank goodness I'm getting rid of that pain. This is just like I'm rolling everything and all I'm left to is a bruised feeling like it hasn't touched it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, Thankfully, my brain clicked in on the second night of that and I was like, Annika, homeopathics, what am I thinking? Why didn't I do that first? Seriously, no joke. I started taking Arnica um, by, into hourly and by the third hour I had no pain. I was like, wow. Oh, so do you know sometimes so where you're not clever. sure and you're a bit of a cynic about how stuff actually works? Because I tend yeah. to hold a pretty cynical line, but I can tell you from my experience personally, I took the Arnica and, wow, within three hours of the second night of what would be the same pain as the first night that I dealt with all night, it was gone. I was like, oh, and I started sleeping properly. So whether that was a magic cure or it just had a time resolution and it just happened to coincide, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you that it worked for me and that was the most important thing. Um, Like you, supplementation was almost exactly the same. Um, Mm -hmm. High-dose vitamin C, a little bit more cautious on zinc. I just had to be careful with a few things for breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, you know, how much, how high I just kind of went to the safest uh, dosage I could find and not exceed it. Whereas yep. normally if I wasn't breastfeeding, I'm like, eh, double dose that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd up the ante, um, vitamin C to high, high doses. Um, yeah. And I, I think nothing magical like you. First thing I thought of was chicken soup, bone broth, yep. um, keep the fluids up lots and lots and lots of water i threw vitamin c powder in my drink bottle um yeah said i was drinking that um the night sweats weren't comfortable i did have a night where i had to change my pajamas because i was just drenched so yeah. it was like you know but strangely enough i actually had that sort of postpartum when i was hormones were coming back in with breastfeeding so i was like oh it's not not worse than i had you know a few months back um Oh, headache. Oh, yuck. It was the headache and the eyeball pain. So you laugh at me, but oh. I seriously felt my eye. Pete said the same thing. My, it felt like my eyeballs were about to explode, like they were bruised behind the back of the oh, eyes. That increased intracranial pressure. Couldn't yeah. look like left or right without feeling like my eyes were strained. Couldn't touch my toes. So exactly what you said, that dural intracranial yeah. pressure tension. Trying to reach forward to touch my toes. Felt like my spinal cord was pulling like a like a, a tight 
quite oh, bored and I man. literally couldn't bend forward because of the dural pain. Um, and both of us had this sensation like our hamstrings were about to snap. Like it was like, oh, my gosh, we haven't yes. done anything. How much, you know, discomfort. Yes. Um, I had a bit of nausea and that passed. Uh, so I guess, yeah, again, really mild symptoms, but even though all those symptoms sounds terrible, they're survivable. So if you're worried yes. about getting them, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just super uncomfortable. And part of your brain has to click in and be like, this too shall pass. Yes. It does pass. You're looking yeah. at sort of anywhere from two to four days, usually for most people um, that I've spoken to, yourself included, my family experience. Yeah. Ella was done in 24 hours. She was like good as perfect baby 24 hours yeah. later. Amazing. Ollie took two days um, with fever and, you know, he did the night terrors and the screaming out at night stuff because mm-hmm. of all the fever stuff. Um, but then he was bouncing around the walls and Pete and I are still trying to recover. <laughs> We're like, uh, children are so energetic. Why can't we just rest? So resilient. And that's, oh, I, uh, yeah, so. I, I don't know how you would have done that feeling <laughs> the way that you were feeling. And yeah. Ash, it's funny you talk about that eye pressure and eye pain. I didn't experience that, but everybody else that I spoke to were like, have you had the eye pain yet? And I was like, it's no. so weird. It's it, so weird. Yeah, yeah. It sounded horrible. And Dean's, um, the course of his symptoms have, has been quite different as well. Like he's got big like hacking gagging like not hacking um gagging cough but the big like that that real cough um barking cough um but he was so lucky that I was taking care of him the whole time because he was a couple of days behind me in symptoms so by the time he was going downhill I was feeling better so I'm like looking after him (laughs) and adjusting him every day so he like anytime he was getting like discomfort or headaches or anything I'm you know that's why we need chiropractors in the house all the time, I reckon, Ash. Like I yeah, was yeah. almost a little resentful of the fact that I'm taking such good care of him and I'm like, what about me? <laughs> you feel like bringing out that song, Shannon Noel, what about me? It's a bear. No, I totally, I totally get that. I do. Um, one thing we did do that I don't know if you mentioned, I don't recall, was um, NAC, a supplementation. I didn't, so, I didn't do NAC, no. Um, through that. And there, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it's just you know immune supportive. It's um, adaptogenic. I should have. Yeah, just it's trying to help the body. glutathione. Yeah, like, I should have. Yeah, just to try and help with any you know potential escalation. Um, and again, that idea of trying to avoid long COVID. I've heard lots of people talk about it. Mm. Um, this is where sometimes I wonder if too much information is a bad thing um, because, you know, when you're expecting things or you've seen all these stories or you know about it, um, part of your mind goes into it. Whereas, like, I would say to you flat out, I would take my experiences again versus having glandular fever when I did um, oh, yeah. when I was a teenager and getting um, the double whammy of Epstein-Barr and, um, and infectious, infectious mononucleosis. It, the experience I had there was far more debilitating from my recollection. Like yeah. it wasn't just because I was a teenager. It literally just took longer. It took weeks. Yeah. Um, I kept having like reactivations, viral reactivations, mm-hmm. like having spells of heavy fatigue, like it would come back again, then your body would get better for a while and then you'd go and, I don't know, do some exams at school and you get smashed again. Like it was like yeah. it just took six months to sort of feel like, I think it's gone completely, but I could have another little episode again. Um, so I guess, you know, it sounds funny, but I feel like there's lots of viruses that can create long virus experiences. 
And you're right, Ash. That's the same experience that I had with um, glandular fever or Epstein-Barr um, when I was in high school as well. And I remember um, it taking so long for me to be able to catch my breath. Exactly. Like even just walking around, say, the supermarket, I would have to like, you know, really stop and rest and it was like shocking. Um, and, you know, I was talking to Damien Christoph about his first COVID experience um, or his only COVID experience and he said he's had worse hangovers, which I thought was hilarious <laughs> and, um, you know, that that's so true. And um, I was trying to explain to Dean like how um, I was feeling in the first couple of days and it's like, yeah, it wasn't great but I've had like if I get like a UTI, for example, it's worse than mm. my COVID experience. Mm. So I feel like, you know, we were very fortunate in the sense that, yes, our symptoms were really, really mild. Um, and I'm also really happy that it's done and dusted now and that we've got natural antibodies. Yeah, absolutely. And it is mm. something, and I don't know how long they're going to last. And I hope that, you know, it gives yeah. our whole family a good coverage for a good period of time, but it's not going to change my approach. I'm still going to do the same things. I'm going yeah. to have my stockpile of supplements on hand that we, you know, on in date. So they're ready to go. Yes. Um, still continue our normal lifestyle, eating a healthy diet, you know, having good omega-3 fatty acid balance, having good vitamin D supplementation, like all of these normal behaviors that I would say are like antiviral protection kind of thing, that, yeah. that whole I'm being COVID ready. It's actually just a lifestyle we have anyway. So I don't feel like we have to do a whole lot differently. Um, I must say though, if I'm feeling a bit run down or I feel like I might've been in, in a higher risk environment potentially, you know, just a place where there's lots of people, um, then I will definitely you know, for example, just cut out caffeine, um, don't drink alcohol, but I'd make sure no one in the house does so that yeah. we're, we're just keeping our immune system really, you know, ready. Um, and I, I think the approach is always the same for me. Rest as much as you can as soon as you feel sort of symptomatic or you get those signs of like, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired. Go to bed early. One of the nights I went to bed at 6.30. I'm talking this is unheard of yeah. crazy. I ne don't have ever gone to bed at that time. But it was so deep the fatigue the, fe the feeling I had and also the knowledge that I was probably going to get up a few times in the night as soon as I put Ella to bed I went to bed too it was just like yeah. okay I've got to get any sleep I can right now um anything's better than than me staying up another hour or two right now it was just it was that trade-off yeah um, so you know just being aware that if you can allow your immune system to have a really good crack at it it's going to be as mild as possible I'm really confident that the people who are having more complicated cases there's often underlying issues, mm. maybe past history, medical history that yep. may complicate the body's responsiveness. Um, and this is through no fault of anyone. So it's just simply we're, we're all bio-unique, we're all different, we're individuals yes. and we respond differently to things. Um, but I do think that if we, we drop our anxiety levels and our stress around it, it's really important not to be anxious and stressed about it or, you know, seeing a positive test and mentally freaking out about it because that's not going to upregulate the immune system. That's going to mm. drive up cortisol, which downregulates our immune system, which makes us more susceptible to more serious illness of any sort, of any condition. So, um, yeah, I think the, the general advice I have for everyone is still the same. Um, be, be wary, you know, be, be aware of what your body is mm. telling you, but don't overthink it, you know, and yes, be comfortable getting uncomfortable. 
Yeah. I, I hate to yeah. say it, but I feel like we're we're generation lacking resilience. We we haven't had a whole lot of discomforts in our life for the most part. Um, and as a generation, we're really, you know, no one likes to feel pain. At the first sign of a headache, people start popping pills. At the first yeah. sign of a backache, you know, we run off to someone to fix us. Um, it's this idea that we hand ourselves over to everyone. But if you can actually just sit in the discomfort of the full experience of what your body's telling you, it's a very empowering thing as well. Like part of me is like, well, hey, heck, that wasn't so fun, but Mm. we got through it as a family and it'll take a little bit to catch up on the sleep that we need. But overall, I'm really happy with how we handle it mentally, physically and emotionally, which is, you know, we've had two years being terrified of this thing. And as a family, we were just like, cool, we got this and having a really positive approach to it. Oh, Ash, that's so well said. I love that. And it's, I do agree with you, the fact that we're, we're certainly lacking a bit of that resilience. And um, I know for a fact that that is not true for you because you've had two home births and, um, you know, you know what pain feels like, right? But you know the difference between something that is painful and something that's wrong, right? So yeah. um, there's, there's that difference between the body asking you to slow down like the deep body aches and pains that we had, you know, that's the system really trying to take the foot off the pedal, slow down, forcing you into that rest, as opposed to there being something drastically wrong, you know, and certainly pain is a warning sign and should be treated that way. And if, um, you know, you were having say chest pains or something like that, I would not be taking those sorts of things lightly. Um, And that's where we do have that medical support. There are reasons we have tests and we have, you know, your, your husband is a paramedic for a reason to help us when we need those people to, to check us through. Not everyone has a blood pressure cuff at home or a pulse oximetry on their, their sports watch or, you know, like we do need uh, special care when it's required. But I think, you know, for the most part, if we can just quietly do our thing at home, you know, drop the workload, try and uh, offload anything that's not important. Just don't worry about the baskets of washing and, you know, the, the laundry at the kitchen, just, just literally just drop the ball for a few days. You'll get it better a bit faster. But if you're still rushing around trying to be everything to everyone, um, it's just going to put yourself under an unnecessary amount of stress. And I think, you know, for both of us, we were just like, cool, we have permission right now with this positive test to give ourselves a break to actually do the healing that needs to be done. Um, so we really did just unload any responsibility we had for anything else in the house or anything else that had to be done. It's like, cool, just look after us our kids stay hydrated and stay well nourished and that's it that's all we have to do right now (laughs) so permission to be sick basically (laughs) yes yes which is Um, i almost a blessing of the suggestion well i don't know if it's a suggestion or a requirement where you know you have your seven days in quote-unquote isolation for that um but I guess there is there is some grace with that, um, although I couldn't help myself working, which was really stupid. I'm not going to do that again. Um, but, I, you know, I got some great work done and I also read two books and um, that was amazing. So yeah. We were also aware of the, like, cardiorespiratory elements of that and sometimes, you know, for example, yeah, you find out the hard way. So both of us have chosen not to exercise um, yes. and do any intensive exercise for another week or two, um, basically to reduce the risk of um, overstressing any of the systems that may still be working to resolve um, any, you know, lingering antibody responses or, you know, cellular mm. damage. The reality is we don't know. Um, mm. Both Peter and I had a f- sensation of a really heavy chest, like pressure, like there was a weight on our chest. Mm-hmm. Um, could that be cardiorespiratory? I don't know. But, you know, if we don't push ourselves and just 
give the body a chance to recover. Um, so just a paced, um, you know, a paced return to full activity. Mm. I highly recommend people do that as well, particularly when it comes to sports and activities, um, because I, I know a couple of the athletic people around us who have had poor responses to COVID have gone back to exercise far too soon and uh, have not done well. And that was really interesting to be like, okay, cool. You think you can push it, but you just can't. So respect the body, honor it. What's one more week? What's two more weeks? Because if you go overdo it now, you might be put back a month or two. Um, So just prioritizing, you know, how urgent and important is it? Can we give our body more time to heal? Let's just expect this to be something that could still be residual um, and be okay with that. And that's just planning, you know, and spacing our day out. So we're not pushing and and hustling too hard all the time. Uh, So I definitely encourage everyone when you've had any virus, don't overdo it on the, on the sports front, on the athletic front, on the training front, one more week of low key exercise. Maybe you just want to walk around the block rather than running at pace. Um, And that way you're giving your body adequate amount of recovery. And that's really important to, uh, yeah, to get through something and not have a a damaged immune system that's going to then pick up the next thing that comes along. Because I think the other thing that's happening at the moment, and you've probably seen it as well, is that there is not just COVID going around. There is a bunch of other viruses that are out there at the moment. And they've just been unleashed on everyone, like leading into winter. And, uh, you know, kids are all coming home sick from school. All this class only had out of 27, I think it is. There was only 14. So, um, and they're not all out with COVID. They've got everything else that's going around as well so that's always um, going around yeah, but, exactly you know it's, it's not and it's not a new or original thing it's just uh yeah you know, this is just what's going on yes yeah, um, so yeah so i think that's probably you know our best advice is um just be be mindful of what your body really needs and the big one for us is nutrition supplementation and sleep yeah absolutely and also ash i think a point that you made really well was just listening to your body mm. I cool. Think that's, well, that's cool I hope always. that gives everyone a little bit of a hopeful yeah. overview. For those of you that had it, if you've got any really cool stories about it, do share them with us because we're always interested to see. So, ladies, you've been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.